The Winding Stairs Freemasonry Podcast is made possible in part by our exclusive group of supporters. For access to behind-the-scenes footage, bonus content, and more, visit thewindingstairs.com slash support. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the practical side of Freemasonry. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, professional artist and master mason. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Winding Stairs. I am Juan Sepulveda. Thank you for joining me once again as we continue our journey up The Winding Stairs. Today I have a special episode for you in which I'm going to show two of my passions, which in, in reality is just one passion. I am dedicated to helping men become better, not just Masons, men in general, and you'll see what I'm talking about in just a little bit. So to start, today's topic is related to gentlemen and Masonry. Are Freemasons supposed to behave like gentlemen? Is it expected of us to be upright citizens? Some people may believe that those two things are mutually exclusive, but I argue that a Mason needs to have the focus to become a gentleman in order to really represent himself properly, to represent his family adequately, and to provide a good example of what a Mason is once he's out there in the real world. So, I will, I've just gathered a couple of topics or a few lines about examples in which we can behave like gentlemen in the fraternity, and I hope that you can find these useful and put them to practice in your life. First, a gentleman is focused on his personal growth. If you think about the, the, the fundamentals of masonry, where you take a rough ashlar and help it become better by removing the superfluities and making sure that you're measuring all the angles, by the same token, as a man, you're measuring yourself. And a gentleman is expected to be that. Born a man, but then grows up to evolve into a gentleman. Now, people out there have different definitions of what a gentleman is, and Part of the effort that I have made on my second podcast uh, or third podcast, The Gentleman's Brotherhood, is to help men find that proper definition of what it is to live life like a gentleman in the 21st century. So if you think about um, the definition that many people are uh, somewhat familiar with, you expect a man to be uh, of good appearance, to be elegant, to dress properly, to... Uh, play uh, or pay attention to his um, his cleanliness, his presentation. Well, that plays a part in being a gentleman. And as Masons, I believe that if you're going to, to lodge, and this is a personal belief, I have heard uh, people argue that the focus should only be the internal. And, and I think that's, a, that's, that's not the proper way to look at it. I think a man needs to pay attention to both, both the internal and the external, because he is, in a way, in the world, representing Masons. We want to make sure that when people see us and witness our behavior, they can say, wow, that is an exemplary man. So, number one, a brother should be focused on his own development. And this is, in my opinion, a development that should begin from the inside out. Yes, he works on the inside, but there should be an external representation or an external consequence to his focus on becoming a better man. This will become evident to people uh, in the world whenever they see them. Number two, a gentleman should be a good listener. When was the last time you went to lodge and you engaged in a conversation with a brother who was interrupting you after every sentence, wouldn't allow you to finish your sentences, or, or kept on uh, giving you their side of the story before you finished telling yours. Now, not only is that annoying, but it is not productive. That man is preventing himself from acquiring any kind of knowledge that you are available to present. They cheat themselves out of getting to know you better. And I hate to tell you, but 
you might be doing this. Think about that. There are times when we do this. There are moments in which I do that, that I notice after speaking for a while, you know what? I need to let this man talk. (laughs) Well, you, if you've listened to the Winding Stairs and the Masonic Roundtable, I'm a talker. You know that I like talking. I mean, I got three podcasts for goodness sake. Uh, So it's part of what I do. So I have to be extremely conscious and very present of mind to know that there will be moments in which I am talking and I need to make sure that I'm keeping the conversation in balance. So a gentleman should listen attentively. And I've spoken, uh, I have a, my good friend Victor that you probably remember him from our Traveling Brothers episodes um, where there are times where we're on the phone and we haven't talked for a while and we're kind of catching up with uh, conversation and we switch from topic to topic and, you know, we, we're, we're going all over the place in our conversation because it's been so, so long since we speak. And inevitably, in one of these sessions, one of us has to share more than the other. And the, you know, I'm fortunate that Victor is a, is a, it's a good conversationalist. So uh, he indulges me in listening uh, to some of my rants and some of the things that I have to share. But there are moments that I catch myself like, I have not let you put in a word, have I? And that allows me to then to open myself to listening to uh, what he has to contribute to the conversation. So I encourage you to do that, to be, have that presence of mind that when you're speaking with a brother, make sure you're getting more than you're speaking. Listen more than you're speaking. And that will characterize you uh, in part as a gentleman. Now, full disclosure, there are many, many aspects of life, uh, of the life of a man that will contribute to him being perceived or recognized as a gentleman. And we go into details on those in the Gentleman's Brotherhood podcast. Uh, but what I'm presenting to you today is just three simple things that you can pay attention to today that are going to help you um, give a better example of what a mason behaves like, but also show people that you are a gentleman. Now, the third point is that a gentleman is able to have a difficult conversation without sacrificing civility. Let me say that again, because that's so important for you to hear and for you to convey this to other people. One of the true determinations of a gentleman is that he is able to have difficult conversations without sacrificing civility. Crucial, especially in today's society and the environment in which we're growing, in which we're bringing up our next generation. There seems to be this overarching vitriol that consumes every conversation or many conversations. If you look at media, social media, you'll notice that there is this sacrificial uh, immolation of civility whenever people are having a conversation that could present to be difficult. It is completely unnecessary. In the Gentleman's Brotherhood, we talk about the fact that there are two things that a man needs to keep in his mind in every interaction that he has with other people, is that he needs to be courageous and he needs to be courteous. Courageous because he's not shying away from having the difficult conversations. He's not shying away from uh, speaking up when some injustice is being made. He's not afraid to have an opinion and stand firmly on it. And he's also not afraid to recognize that he could be wrong, that there is room for improvement in his life. So the, uh, the courtesy component in this case alludes to the fact that although you may be having those courageous conversations, those courageous introspections, you don't have to be a jerk in the process. <laughs> How many times do we see people that they get all fluffy whenever you start talking to them about politics or you start, you start talking about how different your religion is or your lack of religion is and they get all fluffy and defensive. And one, one thing leads to another and they switch from being defensive to being offensive. It's not productive. 
There's very little that people can do in one conversation to sway another person's opinion about religion, politics, and things that are as sensitive as that. So the only thing that's being affected here could be perhaps the probability that a proper conversation will happen in the future, the perception that this individual has of you, the quality of the friendship, the respect that the individual has for you. So if you sacrifice courtesy in the process of conveying a difficult conversation, you may be sacrificing the rest of your relationship, or you may be tarnishing something that could be great. You may be eliminating a a potential uh, business relation. You may be tarnishing perhaps or, or obstructing the progress of a great friendship. So keep that in mind that a man is courageous and courteous and that it's okay for you to have difficult conversations as long as you don't sacrifice courtesy in the process. Now, if what I've talked to you about today resonates with you, if you think that a man should be a gentleman and that more especially a Freemason needs to be a gentleman in all his doings, then I encourage you to listen to the episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood where I talk with my friend Alberto Mella. Full disclosure, he's not a Mason yet. Uh, <laughs> but he is a gentleman if there ever was one. This good friend of mine sits with me for, for a good amount of time, and we have a deep conversation about things that you can do in order to have a courteous and courageous conversation with someone else. I think that you'll find it very useful for your daily work, for your relationship with your family, with your kids, with your neighbors. And, and I encourage you to listen it to make it easier for you. Um, I ask you a favor. At the end of this episode, I'm going to automatically play for you uh, a portion of that uh, of that conversation. If you enjoy it, please do me a favor and head over to uh, podcast uh, your podcast application and subscribe to The Gentleman's Brotherhood because I would love to share more of this content with you uh, without necessarily mixing it with my Masonic message. So I'm, I'm thankful that you've taken the time to listen to me for, for a few minutes and that you have... Um, that you have taken the time to consider the importance of being a gentleman in the 21st century. And I invite you to actually go to thegentlemansbrotherhood.com, sign up for our email so you can be the first one to hear whenever we come up with a new podcast or a new YouTube video. We're working on an amazing collection of videos that are proving to be very practical and helping men in the 21st century redefine what being a gentleman is like. So once again, thank you for listening to The Winding Stairs. And here, I'll let you with an episode of The Gentleman's Brotherhood. Enjoy. What does it mean to be a gentleman in the 21st century? What are the virtues that define a man of excellence? In an era where manners and masculinity seem like a distant memory, a brotherhood of like-minded men arises to rediscover the lost art. Welcome to the Gentleman's Brotherhood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. My name is Juan Sepulveda and I have the pleasure today of being here with my good friend Alberto Mella. Alberto, good to see you my brother, how are you? Thank you for having me, great man. It's good to have you here in the Sepulveda Studios in sunny Kissimmee, Florida. And today we're going to have a conversation that I think is very pertinent for today's environment. And is the conversation of having a good balance between courage and courtesy when it comes to having conversations with people. Um, you and I, of course, have the good fortune that we can have conversations about practically anything. And regardless of our point of view or our point of departure, we can have an amicable conversation. We can recognize each other's points of view, respect them, even if we disagree with them. But that is something that we don't see as much in conversations in the public sphere. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation and perhaps helping the, the gentleman listening to consider different things to do in order to incorporate that into their lives. So, you know, first of all, I want to hear from you a little bit about how do you see the current environment when it comes to 
people having difficult conversations with one another. Toxic. That's uh, that's the first word that comes to mind. Uh, lately, there's 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 no way that you can um, turn the, the, the TV or, or read a newspaper or see a magazine when you go to the uh, to the supermarket and not see how hyper partisanship and um, I, you know all, all this all this. Uh, 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 divisive issues mm-hmm. make make the environment very toxic, and and I think and I think that a lot a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, tribalism. It's about you know people just just uh, going to their corners and staying there, right? So it's just like a, a, I was telling a friend that. Uh, the, the best analogy that that I could think about is like watching a uh, a boxing match where the boxers just stay in their corners. No, oh, well. you know you need you need to come to the center. You need to come to the center and you need to make something happen. Something has to happen. We're we we're are all waiting, but it, in this case, it just so happens that it's all of us. Mm-hmm. We all need to have these conversations because it's in the middle. And of course, like you mentioned, the the whole them mentality. It is deeply ingrained in our biology to form groups. And if you think about it from a survival standpoint, it would be important for you to develop a strong bond with someone who is one of us, and to find, uh, you know, to find the that division between us and them, because usually in 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 the past them represented a a threat there was a risk to your crops or a risk to your to the integrity of the of the village perhaps you don't know where these people come from you don't know who these people um you know you don't know what kind of behaviors they're bringing what kind of diseases they have so in order for different groups to survive i can see how having a strong sense of belonging to a group would serve as a protective or a you know a safety def- a defense mechanism pretty much but on the same token i agree i agree but on the same token within that group within that village you have people that will want to move the village on the to the other side of the mountain mm-hmm. and you will want people that want to stay right here and it is those it is those two groups within that group that then will say, okay, wait, 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 so up. So you don't want me to go to the other side of the mountain and I don't want to stay here. So let's agree on some sort of consensus. And then they say, okay, how about we move a few of you to the top of the mountain? And then from the top, you look down and then you tell us what you found in order for us to decide whether we move ahead or not. So it is consensus that moves that has moved the 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 human race forward. So there's a reason why we are not in the stone age and it's not because we ran out of stones or yeah. you know we're not using the steam engine it's, it's not because we ran out of steam. Yeah. It's because as as a society we have we have come together when when we have this this polemic uh, discussions like mm-hmm. okay so where where do we move and this is what's not happening yeah. now and and then again there's historical precedence this is not new this happens but we need to we need to find it uh in ourselves to to have these conversations especially with people that we respect with people that surround us yeah, that's what, and that's good. If you think about it too, um, that's a very good point because what we see now, for example, if we look at the current political situation in the United States, we're all living in this one country, so we should be trying to find the common ground in order for us to move the country forward in in unison to have this. Uh, under underlined rhythm that we all move uh that we all move to but it seems like 
as there are political um there's there are different political opinions or views or or philosophies it's strongly held yeah strongly held of course and, mm. and 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 you know to to good cause but there is there doesn't seem to be a willingness to even though I have this very strong conviction of me being right, let me listen to what this other individual has to say and try to find within that the truth that they see or at least the the positive things that they see. Let, let's have a conversation. Let's evaluate all these different thoughts. So um, I do like the, the impetus of making strides into bringing awareness of the fact that, okay, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same village trying to make our village successful. I understand that you want to keep it here in the valley, but I do see that there is a great potential of further success or more sustainable growth if we actually bring the village over over the mountain into the other valley. So uh, what what I would like to explore with you would be First, some examples. If you can think of any examples in which, in which you've interacted with an individual that you respect, that you that you enjoy, and when you find a difference of opinions and some friction, if you can give an an, an example of a moment in which it has gone awry, or a moment in which one of the two of you has been able to salvage the conversation or the or the relationship. Yeah. And of well, course, first, yeah. So, so first, 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 okay, take, taking taking you out of the picture because, like you <laughs> said in, in your intro, we we have uh, we have very uh, uh, very productive uh, conversations, very productive arguments. Uh, so, on one occasion, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine that. Um, it was a. It was about abortion. It was about abortion. Easy topic. <laughs> for <laughs> for for a lot of reasons. Um, and um, he he asked me if it was I was uh, pro life or pro choice, and my answer was yes. Mm. That that took him aback and yeah. said, "Well, you." You're either for or against. And I go like, no, that doesn't make any sense because it, it, it just doesn't. That the dichotomy is, is false. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that is against life. Okay? Nobody's against life unless you're a killer, unless, you know, that, that's, you're a psychopath. That, 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 mm -hmm. that person is not for life. And, um, And so I, I I also think that there's an argument to be made that the, the 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 female gender is making that they have a right to choose whether or not, and then we can go and and then we can go into the nuance of of when the fetus is is viable, when is is bad, when it's good. That's fine. That is where that that's where the discussion should be mm -hmm. on 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 the nuanced aspect of that conversation, not on whether you're for or against, mm -hmm. because then there's no conversation. It's you're either in the red corner on the no. That dichotomy is false. Yeah. So I I took him back. In another in another instance, in another instance where it actually went favorably um i was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is um very uh pro second amendment and uh he goes you know i i, I am a veteran i i i love guns i um i was uh i was a firearms instructor i competed in pistol and then when uh, he asked me, well, you know, uh, so so nothing should be done with it. I go like, no, we we do have a situation. We we do have problems with our guns. We should have a conversation about 
what to do about it. Yep. But then you go like, no, it's sacred sand. Don't touch it. No one, we, we, we have to touch it. Yeah. We have to touch it. It is a sensitive tra- topic. So we have to touch it. We have yeah. to talk about it. So listen, listen to, to what I'm saying. I love guns. I love to have guns. But there's obviously people that shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. So at, at what point should a person have it or not have it? That's where the discussion is. Yeah. Not in whether you're against or for. That's no, that's that's red and blue again. Yeah. No, just let's come to the middle. Let's have the conversation. Let's have the, the, the let's have the discussion where the nuance aspect of the conversation is. Mm-hmm. And and I I find I find it not so complicated to do. Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult. But it requires it requires that you give something. Yeah. And for some, giving anything is just it's either, out of the question. It's a sign of weakness. Yeah. It's a sign of of no that you're winning. Yeah. And I'm losing. And that's not how a conversation works. Yeah. You know, when we talk about courage and courtesy in the context of having conversations, uh, the reason we started the discussion about courage and courtesy is because it is imperative that, especially when it comes to difficult topics like, you know, abortion and gun rights and politics, religion, that sort of, that sort of, uh, energized conversation. It requires that if you want to grow as an individual when it comes to having an opinion or being informed in any of those, uh, aspects of life, then it is important that you are having the conversations with a variety of people, that you are getting your information from a variety of sources, that you have the courage to have these conversations and because they're difficult. They require courage, but you should not sacrifice courtesy in the process. Um, and one way in which I see the violation of, of of courtesy or pretty much the the you know not even considering uh, courtesy is when people start using some implements of of rhetoric in in a malicious kind of way in the well just putting a label on it exactly right so so such and such is a liberal Exactly. Such and such is a is a Trump uh, voter or, or or whatever. That is a label, and that automatically precludes any conversation that you want to have because right. you already you already put put a a barrier up. Yeah. And so you know, I I I coach communicate communications, and um, usually what I say is that what makes a um, a conversation difficult is the barriers that we put. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if if you were to imagine, if you were to imagine that you're in a in a medieval castle, in the parapet of a medieval castle, and your neighbor has another castle, and he's on the parapet of that castle, and both of you have moats, and you have guards, and you have archers, and 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 you have you're trying to have a conversation with your neighbor. The only thing you can do to each other is shout. Mm-hmm. Shout to the point of, of, of what? Of getting angry at each other. That's yeah. the only thing you can do. So when you put labels, when, when, um, when you, uh, the, 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 the first word is, um, or, or after a first sentence, the, the reply is sarcastic. Yeah. It's sarcasm is, is, is in, invalidating your point. Then, no, we're not gonna get anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the whole thing that pretty much covers the the entire conversation and and the reason why we're having this is because as gentlemen we recognize that we are on, in a constant state of improvement. When we as we grow up, we have influence from our parents, influence from our friends, influence from society as a whole. And we don't always acquire the best tools. And when we acquire tools, 
we don't necessarily adopt the best usage of those tools, especially if we're not intentional in the acquisition and in the practice of utilizing those tools. And like the example that you mentioned that when you come to a conversation and you already have a preconceived label against the individual with whom you're having a conversation, you've, you're already creating that obstacle that is going to make the conversation even more difficult. So what I would like to, to do is explore uh, a few, a few steps that people can take in order for them to actually come to the conversation and have a more productive, more respectful uh, conversation. And at the end, come out better informed on the topic, more acquainted with the individual's position, um, and with the, the, with your integrity on unsullied. So, so we, we've compiled a, a group of, of steps that you can take in order to, to accomplish this. And, but before we get to them, let's discuss really quick. Why, why is it even important for us to care about preserving courage and courtesy in our daily communications? Like, why does it even, like, why do we have to worry so much about having these conversations and retaining our courtesy in the process? Because if we don't, we alienate each other. We are, uh, human beings are social animals. We need each other. We need each other. Um, being courteous being respectful is what gets us to the table. It's what makes it possible for us to get on top of that hill. It's what makes it possible to say, one, you go get the meat, I will get the fruit, and we'll come to this table. And I am trusting you that you will come with the meat, and you're trusting me that I'll come with the fruit. Because then it 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 creates in an environment of respect, of of uh, a brotherhood, yeah. you know that it, because that's that's what we are. In, in, in a sense, the humans don't do things alone. The yeah. reason why we've become so far in our evolution in our society is because we've done things together. And alienating each other, it's not gonna get us anywhere. That's that's great, you know. Especially when you think about anything, any any great undertaking will, for the most part, require the collaboration of disparate individuals, people that might have some values and some desires in common, and they might share a vision in common, even even though they might not agree one hundred percent on everything, and. If you've been a member of any kind of organized religion or any kind of organized sports, any political party, you are very clear in the fact that not everybody within those organizations agree. They might have a shared vision about something, about what they want, whether it's happiness, um, financial stability, romance, whatever it is, but they, they don't have... 100% agreement on on what it is but they can achieve wonderful things if they come together and they they retain the integrity of that relationship like how many times um do we think of um you know working on a project for example it is imperative that in the process of communicating your idea to those other individuals if you know for the for the gentlemen who listen to us and and work in a corporate environment or in a, a you know nonprofit organization if you all want to move the organization forward it is imperative that the way in which you communicate embodies both courage and courtesy so if something has to be said it is not done so at the expense of of respect yes so so as we, you know, I think we've made a point that, that it is important for us to, you know, preserve courage and courtesy when it comes to communication because 
Otherwise, we run out of people who like us. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be liked. So that's that's um, that's one of the uh, of the uh, most interesting aspects of communication. And uh, as we go along, we I'm, I'm going to talk a little more about about that. But we want we want to be liked. We want to be liked. Period. Uh, we want to be listened to, and we want to be liked. The problem is when you have two people that want to be liked and want to be listened to. Um, somebody needs to do the listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll move forward with that. First of first and foremost is that whatever, whatever conversation, whatever kind of conversations you're gonna have, respect needs to be the overriding uh, sentiment, always. The minute the minute a person disrespects the other, then it's a it's an uphill battle. Yep. You need to be respectful to each other. That's why it, if you're gonna have if you want to have these conversations, this type of conversations, and you know the individual, and you know that there is respect between you two, then the conversation can be had. All right, so with that in mind, um, Let's get practical about this then. So um, respect being the overarching theme, let's uh, we're going to go over three steps that people can take in order for them to improve upon their communications, preserving courage and courtesy. So the very first one is to start with the end in mind. What is the goal of the conversation? Is my intention to convince the other individual of my point of view? Or is it for us to share ideas and for us to get to know one another and see where we find common ground? So starting with that end in mind, I think will facilitate the conversation, especially if you want there to be a, a conclusion to the conversation. The last thing you want to do is for for there to be no clear idea of like, what do we want to get out of this conversation? Are we just having it just because it's risky to have this conversation? Are like, are we putting our friendship on the line just because? So what I what I will say to that is um, that when if what you're having is a conversation, then the goal should not be to convince the other person because then it becomes a debate. Yeah. Right, it, it it can easily devolve into a debate, and that's a different, that's a different set of of uh, skills that, th that yeah. go. That's a different discipline altogether. It's a different. It's a different discipline altogether. This program is brought to you by Podcast Movement the world's largest gathering of podcasters. With over 100 professional speakers and countless educational tracks, this conference will help you reach more people and have a bigger impact with your podcast. For details, visit podcastmovement.com. What's going to happen at, at, at the end of a conversation is that both of you are going to bond. Both of you are going to bond in, the, in that respect. And more conversations can be had. Closer your relationship becomes. Look, I'm speaking like Yoda now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 and in that, that is a win for both of you. Yeah. But going into the conversation, you should have a clear understanding of what you want to get out of it. Yeah. I, I, do I want to know what? One thinks about this because right now I, I don't know. I know, I know he's, he's right wing. I know he's left wing. Uh, I, I, I want to know where he stands mm -hmm. in this issue. That's in, that's a goal to go, to know where you stand, but not in, in whether it's left or right. You know, like, like, like the, 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 the gentleman I gave the answer to when he said, well, are you, pro, are you pro life or pro choice? And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a closed and that's a close end the question. Yeah. It, it's let's let's get into the minutia of what we're talking about. So yes, always always walk into a conversation 
knowing what you want to get out of it. And, that, and that's good. And of course, this is going to, uh, this applies very specifically whenever you want to have a conversation with an individual or whenever there is a conversation to be had. There are times in which you stumble upon a conversation and it started as just a regular um you know, oh, the weather conversation or the typical traffic conversation or here's what's happening in in here. It's like, oh, by the way, did you hear about what just happened with this political party or the president or what happened with this group? And then you are just plunged into a conversation. Now, what I see here is that it is important for, for you to, in, in this regard, whenever you stumble upon a conversation like that, to still give yourself an opportunity to consider what are we getting out of this conversation? Is it just a an exchange of, you know, let's just keep each other entertained? Or is this individual really interested in what I have to say about this? Um, especially if you are, if you stumble upon the conversation, I would caution people to, to try to be very present of mind as to whether they can identify what the intention of the other individual is. And let me give you the example of uh, having a religious conversation. Let's say, I remember, and I'll give you a, a personal example about this. Um, a very uncomfortable conversation in terms of uh, a religious conversation would be when someone perhaps switches a conversation into a proselytizing conversation, right? Now, Let's say you have, and I'll give you a personal example. One time I was celebrating a friend's birthday. And this is a friend that I had for a long, long time. And I knew him to be uh, of a particular religion. And he was, um, I don't know what denomination, but he was he was Christian. I want to say Protestant or evangelical. I think evangelical will be the right denomination. Uh, but anyway. So we're having dinner, we're playing games, everyone's talking, and out of nowhere, this man just like did a 180 and straight at me, asked me, if Jesus were to come tonight, would you be saved? And it brought the conversation, it brought the whole night to a halt. Granted, I was very young at the time. I know that I didn't make a fool out of myself. I did put some resistance to to the whole conversation because, first of all, I wasn't ready to have the conversation with him at the time. Yeah, I thought it was it was an imposition. It, it it wasn't prudent for it to be, you know, a part of the conversation, especially because it came from a it was such an aggressive uh, conversation. So here I stumbled upon a difficult conversation because I could have been. Let's say, for example, yes, I was also in the same religion, and but maybe I wasn't going to church as much as he was. I could have felt judged by the conversation. So the instant reaction would be to put up defenses, to put up the guard and not, you know, not allow it to, to go further. If I had no respect for his beliefs, I could have gone into a very... Um, Exactly, very aggressive or very condescending or very um, a, a, a very unfriendly exchange. I have to say, I don't, you know, like I said, here I am maybe 15 years later. I don't feel ashamed of my response. I was uh, careful enough to deflect the the question in a proper way, you know, acknowledge that it was made and and you know, acknowledge that I wasn't intended, you know, I had no intention in having a uh religious debate. Um but that was a situation in which I stumbled upon a conversation. So I realized that there was very little to gain if I had engaged in in the conversation, you know, deeper. So I had to make a decision there. But if, if you're talking about, let's say, for example, you want to have a conversation about politics with a friend of yours and you know that you're going to a party together and you know that there's a possibility that the topic of, you know, uh, immigration would come up. 
it would be prudent for you to be prepared that if there is going to be a conversation, what is the purpose of the conversation? Is it just to compare notes and, you know, have a friendly banter or, you know, what is it that, what is it that, that you want out of it? You also need a way out if, if things from the other party doesn't, they don't move in a amicable way. You need to be able to, you know, gently remove yourself from the gently remove yourself <laughs> from the from the premises oh wait there the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> are those sausage fingers yes i mean excuse me uh, no you're absolutely right um in when if if you're okay so first of all and let, let's let's understand that you there is no conversation that happens without you wanting it to happen, right? Because all you have to do is don't say anything and move away. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like it's like any fight. I don't want to have it. Back off. But now let's let's go into yes, we're gonna have this. Mm-hmm. With the goal in mind, always the goal in mind, we have to move. And do the second part, which is to listen and validate. Because those defenses need to come down. When you listen and validate, those defenses come down. What do I mean? When I say listen, I mean like actively listen. You need to adopt a... You need to adopt a stance of curiosity, of genuine curiosity. Use your conversation. We call these conversation extenders, right? When you, when you say, really? But don't be sarcastic about, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, putting that question mark in there is so important. Because if you say, really? <laughs> really? Or use your why, what, how? Those are just conversation extenders mm-hmm. that that once you express curiosity and you are actually listening, what are you listening to? You're listening to that point where you agree. Mm-hmm. You're looking for it. You're looking for it. You're looking for that point where you agree. And as soon as you find it, I agree. And the conversation continues. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is agree once. Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, oh, we're in agreement. We're, we were in, a, we're in agreement about that. And then I ask you, and by asking questions, what you're getting is information. You're getting, what you're getting is where this person's uh, train of, of thought is, mm-hmm. where his thoughts are and certain things. You're getting a whole bunch of information. And remember at the beginning I told you that people like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. People love to talk, to talk and, and, and to be, li- be listened to. Become that person. And you're going to get so much information. You're going you're gonna to get so much information, you're not going to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to find in that conversation something you agree with. There is something you agree with. Even if you hate Trump... For example, even if you hate Trump, you have to come to terms that there's something that China is doing that is not right. Hey, China's always been the boogeyman of us for trade and stuff. That's Some, a, something's up. That's a point of agreement. That's a point of agreement. And then you go like, you know what? I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then and then right on that agreement, you zero in on, on that agreement and you start talking about that point. Yeah that both of you agree with and you dissect it. Mm-hmm. Because when when I tell people, when I tell people, well, you know, but that that subject matter is not, that's uh, that subject matter is so broad. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, precisely. It is so broad. You can bring it down to the person that's signing these documents, the person that is doing this. Yeah. But you agree how he's doing it? Do you agree that this and everything? Well, you know, the, 
it could have been done this way, could have been done that way. Then, then all of a sudden, you're not talking about Trump mm-hmm. or the Trump organization or or Republican versus Democrat. You're talking about the actions of one person and what you would have done versus what. How would you How would you done it? Yeah. If if it was you, how would you done it? Exactly. Then all of a sudden, a conversation that be, between between a conservative and a liberal that could have been super explosive. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, we're having an understanding. Yeah. Now we're now we're talking. That that's very good because, it, and I was going to suggest that uh, very same turn of phrase. How would you have handled it? What would you have done in that situation? It, it puts the person in, in the position of being the, the virtual decision maker. And they might come up with an idea that perhaps you've never heard before. One that maybe you agree with. One, it could be completely outlandish. I mean, let's, let's be honest. There are people with whom you have conversations that they'll come up with points that you might be, wow. You'll be I never shocked. thought of that. Yeah. In a positive that. or a negative way. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Either like, way, you go like, whoa. Whoa. Hello. Again, how? Right? How will you do it? Like, what? What will you done? Why? Why will you do that? Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting. See? that those Even though those are uh, 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 conversation extenders, that is your, they're also your validators. Those are your validators. That's telling your you you the person you're having the conversation with. I am listening to you. Mm-hmm. I am listening to you. I'm interested in what you are saying. So all of a sudden now it's beyond politics. Now you're having a conversation. This is what you came for. This is your main course. That's very good. And that second step also gives um, space for, in addition to the validation for a qualification. Um, let's say, for example, you're having a conversation with a, you know, the husband of your wife's coworker. You've never met him before. It's just by coincidence that you're both in this party and you, you start, you know, having a conversation. Now you stumble upon a topic that may be controversial, may be difficult. Sometimes you can take a chance and say, you know what? I think blah, you know, and you just throw out what you think. Or you could also be very cautious in your response and start asking questions or start listening to their point of view so that you can make an assessment whether or not this is an individual that could carry a conversation with you without becoming uh, belligerent or becoming aggressive. Um, The only way that you can find out if an individual can carry on a courteous and courageous conversation is for you to have more of that conversation with them. But if you like right up, you know, right out of the gate, you plant down your flag and here's my position, you know, what you got to say about that, that becomes a confrontation. But when you start listening actively and when you start engaging with that individual's response and delving deeper into whatever their point of view is, now you're giving the conversation an opportunity to not just thrive, but inform both of you as to the direction that conversation is going to take exactly about the exactly what i was uh, uh, mentioned was about the the direction of the conversation you can also direct the conversation i i i have one in my back pocket always especially for when i'm ambushed about politics i have one in my back pocket i used uh, some time ago i used to work in a in a Back then, it was Bethesda Naval uh, Hospital. Right now, it's uh, Walt, the Walter Reed Military Medical Center. In that hospital, not only is the president seen, but also members of Congress mm. are seen. Uh, one time, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, have as, one, as a patient a, a, a congressman. And somehow, the conversation turned to whiskey. So when I'm when I uh, when I'm ambushed about a politician, I go like, well, you know, I think they all like whiskey. They all like whiskey. Yes, because when I used to work in the hospital, I met this congressman, and he liked whiskey. Really, and yeah, what whiskey do you like? Nice. And then all of a sudden, a conversation that could have been about politics 
become about whiskey. Come on, I'll argue. I'll argue whiskey with you all day. Yeah, you know that that's not controversial at all. But that's besides the point because we need to have the conversations that are polemic. So if you don't like, if 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 you don't like that kind of conversation, that is your out. Your yeah. out is listening. You you listen for a an opportunity to divert the conversation, and you do it. But if your goal is to have a a, a discussion where you're going to learn something and you're going to get something out of it, then, you know, stick with it and listen. Very important to listen. Yeah. And listening is going to be the in or the out to your conversation. You listen attentively enough, enough, you know whether you will continue this conversation. Because let's, let's be frank about this. There are conversations, there are individuals with which you cannot have conversations with. And it may be something that you work towards. Perhaps it's an individual that's close to you and you may have some positive influence or slip them a, a link to this conversation so they can uh, soften up and <laughs> at least become a little bit more open to it. Well, yeah, some some of my clients, some of my clients actually uh, uh, come to me uh, because they want to they wanna get better at conversations. Surprisingly enough, there's people that they are put, they, they, they have been promoted into positions where they actually have to converse mm-hmm. and they just feel very uncomfortable about it. So, yes, and some people don't want to converse. Some people converse and they don't know what to say or yeah. how to get the conversation. All of a sudden, like, yeah, uh, it, it's hot in here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you know, this is the awkward, awkward <laughs> moment. Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. But then, like, like, like I was, um, like, uh, we said uh, a little while ago, it's um, one of the reasons why we are so entrenched in our own positions is because some feel that giving some ground is akin to weakness, Mm -hmm. is akin to losing. So that brings us to our third point of what, uh, how to carry this conversation. The third point is you have to Give something to get something. And we already said that when you are in agreement, when you say, I agree, you've already given something. That is your in. That that's if, if you play poker, that's the that's your first chips right there. There you go. This is this is my in. This is this is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you that I agree with that position. Mm-hmm. So that when your turn comes around, that will be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Maybe not how you want it, because n- n- not like you want it to, because you are the one, you who are listening to this podcast right now, you are the one who is going to be at the steering wheel of this conversation. You are going to be the one moving this direction, this conversation in whatever direction you see fit. But by you giving something, you will get something. I love it. So always. And, and, and that's such, a, such an important point for you to bring, that you are in control of the conversation. And because you are in control of your part of the conversation, and you can lead by example. So if you're setting the tone, let's say you and I are having a conversation about, you know, the whether sandals are appropriate or not outside of the beach and in the house. Okay, we can have that conversation. I've had it. I've had very interesting conversations about that one. <laughs> um, but let's say we have that conversation. And then we, you know, you, you tell me that you like these kinds of sandals. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's that's very, you know, I can, I can see how practical they can be. So I definitely agree with that. And you kind of, you give you give them that point. And then you continue speaking, and then they make another point for it. And you know what? I can see I can see the value in that. I can see how you would feel inclined to wear sandals a little bit more than these closed toe shoes. And of course, this is an absurd example, but 
it is one that illustrates that we can keep on going. And because I'm leading the conversation, or at least I'm delving deeper into the conversation, asking you questions, and I'm finding these common grounds for me to agree with you. Then when the conversation goes over to my side, you're able to subconsciously see my pattern of agreement or my pattern of um, at least giving in to some of your points and not necessarily criticizing them, shutting them down. And I know to some people this might sound like manipulative, but it, it, there's a very clear distinction between manipulating someone and leading another individual to having a fruitful conversation. So you you you, you play chess. I right? do. Some people say, "Well, um, so am I moving the pieces? Am I three moves ahead? Whatever." No, gentlemen, we own the board. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we're moving pieces. We brought the board. Mm-hmm. We own the board. So the, the pieces, let them move as they want to move. Let them have the, the game that they want to have. You own the board. Mm-hmm. So with, with, with this, it's not, it's not, um, it's not manipulation. It's an, an exercise on, it's an exercise of communication. That's pretty much what you're doing. Yeah, you're exercising your your charisma. That's pretty much where, where you want to take this. Yep. Yeah. In in the gentlemen's brotherhood, we focus in helping men grow into their own the best version of themselves, and that has a myriad of angles. There are so many aspects of what being a man in the 21st century really means. Having a difficult conversation is just one that I think it's it's prudent that we discuss today, that we recognize there are differences of opinion out there. There is a narrative that is peddled by multiple media sources. And if we don't take an active participation in having a productive conversation on these topics, then we are allowing society to run its course without having any input any input from us. So ideally, you know, we hope that the listeners have found something valuable in our conversation. And whenever they they are either tempted or they stumble upon or they're inclined to have a difficult conversation or or tackle a different topic with another individual or group, that they come back and revert to at least these three steps that we've mentioned. And just to cement those further the first one is to start with the end in mind. What do you want out of this conversation? Is it just entertainment? Is it to be informative? Is it to be cathartic? It, it, it depends. What is the goal of this conversation? And that's that's going to be crucial into setting the tone for the rest of the things. Yeah. The second one is to listen and validate. Give yourself time to listen attentively to what the other individual's points and positions are about a given topic. Validate, so recognize within that conversation um, the areas in which the the other person is is right or in which the other person makes a very valid point. Uh, you know. And then the third step is to give something to get something. Be willing to to give some validation or to give in to a point of view, at least so that you can set the tone, you can set the amicable theme that can permeate throughout the entire conversation. This is an exercise in persuasion. So in persuasion. So keep in mind, guys, that communication is skill. Persuasion is a skill. This is, this is something that requires practice. Everything that is a skill, you the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, you know, get out there and, and have these conversations. Have them have them in safe groups. Have them have them uh, around people that you trust first, that you know that your relationship is is solid enough that that you can that you can undertake this. 
so that at least you get your your your, your feet wet on on everything that we're saying and and use us as a resource you know we're we're here for you this is what this is what this brotherhood is for absolutely so that you know so when we when we post something in uh, on facebook and, and and we encourage a discussion that's what we're trying to get is is to get you guys uh, to get us participating in, in in these discussions exactly because that's that's where we want to take this yeah right now we have a uh, an active facebook group Uh, you can find us if you're on Facebook. Uh, you can go and search for The Gentleman's Brotherhood. And we have several conversations there about conversations, about how you look, how you feel. And we have members from all over the world. Um, every major continent, uh, pretty much, except Antarctica. We don't have anybody there yet. But a, a penguin is about to yeah. sign up. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we hope that an explorer <laughs> will be listening to the podcast one day and <laughs> drop in a flag from there. Uh, but... Use that as a resource. If you want to have some of these discussions and and in practice, so that when you go out into the real world and go to a party or go to a a, a meetup, you can have better tools and and better practice when it comes to having uh, courageous and courteous conversations. Uh, do that. And I'm curious to hear from you. Do you have any examples? You that listens to to this podcast. Give us an example. Share with us. Have you recently have a situation had a situation where you've engaged in a difficult conversation? Has it gone your way? Do you feel that you've tarnished the relationship or you've improved it? Give us some examples in the comment section of the website or on wherever you find this this audio, because we want to use those as an example to to learn from. So if you've learned anything in the process, had a very interesting experience of having a courageous and courteous conversation, please let us know. Alberto, it's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Caballero, anytime. Even though I, I disagree with most of what you said there. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll move that offline. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm glad that we had this conversation and hopefully the, the, the gentlemen that are, are listening will find it edifying, they'll find it useful and help them continue in their journey to become uh, a better gentleman until next time i wish you courage courtesy and careful conversations hey before you switch to the next podcast let me ask you a question did you find this episode enjoyable Did you find any part of it edifying or informative? If so, please consider supporting our show by choosing one of these options. Mainly by sharing it with other men through social media or through your own blog. By leaving a brief rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Or simply by making a purchase in our store at thegentlemansbrotherhood.com. Regardless of the way in which you choose to support the show, thank you. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.